What's up, everybody? Welcome back. 24-6 podcast. We need to talk about what this means. We haven't actually talked about our name yet. We haven't. I think that's very important, actually. Let's start there. Yeah, let's start there. Let's start there. Uh, this is the the 24-6 podcast. Uh, myself, Dominic, Dion, Jeremiah. Uh, we are here, and we should probably let you guys in on the behind the scenes of why this is called what it is. Yes. Yes. Do you want to pull that up? Yes, let's do I that. <laughs> I actually read do. The verse. I do have the verse. I got a Bible. Oh, you, go, you have a Bible. <laughs> I have it saved in my screenshots. So, you know, we'll, we'll get it up for Whoever you. Whoever gets there first. I was going to say, I got it. I win. Mm. All right. Are you ready? Psalms 24, 6 says, this is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Yeah. Super good verse, just really simple. Um, one of the reasons why it's significant and why we named this podcast that is because um, for many of you who might be familiar with our family and Church on the North Coast, you know that Dr. Kayetson, um had been pastoring here for years, almost half of a century, a long time, um, and he is our grandfather collectively. Um, and so now... Um, kind of the second generation is in charge with Pastor Troy, Pastor Rebecca, Pastor Mary, Pastor Louie. You know, they're running the show. Um, and we're the third generation. And so when you look at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we've always kind of held that correlation in our family of of uh, Dr. Kayton being Abraham and then, the you know, our parents, aunts, uncles um, being that Isaac generation and then um, us being Jacob. And, and so it's always, we've always had a, I've always had a special connection to that. And I'm sure we, we all have as well. Um, but this verse is just so cool because I think ultimately as you get deeper into generations, what you see a lot of times is like people are removed from the legacy, like whether in, it's not even in church world, but you see it in businesses, you see mm-hmm. it in, in churches, you see it in everything. Like your, your grandfather starts a business passes it down to your father. And then by the time it gets to the third, fourth generation, like it's either sold or dissolved or, you know, families are fighting over it. And it just, it seems to get worse as time goes on instead of better. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I think we're all really proud of is that, you know, we, we're not, we're not trying to, we're not necessarily trying to create something new, but we, we get to carry this legacy, you know, and mm-hmm. I feel like it's gotten stronger as the years have gone on and not mm-hmm. weaker. And so, being a, being a generation who identifies with Jacob, really, and then I love how the verse points to like this is Jacob. It's the generation of those who seek him. Like mm-hmm. we're not we're not getting weaker. We're getting stronger. We're seeking the face of God. And so, yeah, yeah that's really where this this comes from. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. Twenty four six. Twenty four six. That's our name. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, even though this is episode three. <laughs> now you know what it's about. Mm-hmm. You guys are both wearing orange shirts today. Yes. Nobody told me we were wearing orange shirts. I know, you got your pink shirt on. On the audio only platform <laughs> recording. <laughs> but now you all know. They wore orange shirts and I didn't. So let's get into this topic today. Uh, Pastor Dominic actually wrote this on his blog first. I believe you kind of alluded to it. And then you also preached a sermon about it this past Sunday. And I thought that it was just a topic that we very much so relate to because we're in ministry. Uh, but also for people that even aren't in ministry, you know, every single day people go out and interact with people at work. People interact with their families. They interact with just the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think this is something that people need to be mindful about yeah. and understanding that, you know, you don't have anything to give that's going to be effective. You don't have anything to give that's going to actually help change lives or allow you to be effective in the spirit if you're not investing into it and focusing on this. So uh, maybe we can just open it up about, you know, just the topic of really investing into that relationship with Jesus and kind of like you said, the rule and all of that. So Mm -hmm. um, let's kind of break break that down and kind of go into it. Yeah. Yeah, When I was thinking about this topic, I was kind of just, I always try to look for definitions when we try to Mm -hmm. have these conversations because it's a little bit easier as a listener to understand really um, the terminology and what we're talking about. And I think definitely in, in modern Western churches and Christianity, the role of ministry has become almost like an industry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's become a job (laughs) position, 
corporation business. They can all operate like a lot of industries do in America and in a lot of different countries. And so just to redefine ministry, really all that word means is service. It's all that Mm -hmm. word means is Mm -hmm. when you say I'm in ministry or I'm going to minister, (laughs) you're talking about I'm going to serve Yeah, pretty much all of it. So there's a book called Garden City um, by, by John Mark Comer. And one of the large premises of the book is just essentially that all of your work, all of your service is unto the Lord. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times we look at the construction worker and we look at the pastor and we say that the pastor is more spiritual mm-hmm. or the pastor is doing the work of the Lord yeah. and the construction worker just has a job. Yeah. Right. right, right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's a silly, it's a silly concept. Like, you know, the Bible teaches us that all of our daily work is worship under the Lord. And so I just wanted to set that de- definition as we get into this, like when we're talking about ministry, we're not talking about a spiritual position that was handed to us by the hand of the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. just talking about That's a job. Right. You're talking about service, you know, mm-hmm. and bringing that back to reality. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I love it because I think a lot of times if you're not in ministry conversations like this, you can just check out on, you know, and just be like, Oh, I'm not a worship leader. I'm not a pastor. So I don't need to listen to this podcast. I'll go to the next one, you know, mm-hmm. but it's not, like, I love how you put it. Like, it's not, your, your occupation doesn't have to be church. And these principles are still true. Yeah, they still yeah. apply. And it's one of those things where it doesn't matter what field you're in, what you do to collect a paycheck. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, this is something that we all need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially just where where we find our strength, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a book I read in college. I think it was called The Hidden Place. I'm not sure exactly. It's been a few years now. But basically... Uh, she, the author talks about this rule of 90-10, 90-10 rule. And it really, they use this incredible illustration of the Titanic in 1912. Titanic sunk, mm-hmm. hit an iceberg in northern Atlantic Ocean. And obviously we know the story of the Titanic. But later we realize that icebergs are so dangerous because they're deceiving. They're very deceptive. What you see on the surface of the water is only about 10% of the total mass of the iceberg. So when you look out, you're like, Oh yeah, that's a little chunk of ice. In reality, it's massive under the water and you don't know how far it comes out. You, you think you're just going to go around it, but that thing could be, you know, 15 times wider at the base than it is at the top. So it's just, they're very deceptive and they, that's why they're very destructive. And so, um, really this author illustrates that, that icebergs are indestructible and that's kind of the word she uses an indestructible object. And, um, then she parallels it to the life of Jesus, right? And Jesus, I think every Christian would agree that Jesus led an indestructible life. Like the enemy tried mm-hmm. to get him, they couldn't get him, right? Jesus mm-hmm. didn't mess mm-hmm. up, he didn't sin, he, he was indestructible. And so um, the premise is actually really cool because the idea translates from icebergs to, G- to Jesus. I know it's a weird analogy, but if we look at the life of Jesus, what we know before the age of 30, that moment where John the Baptist spots him walking around and John the Baptist says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Before that moment, we don't really know anything about Jesus. Mm-hmm. We get a glimpse of him at 12 in the temple. You remember he gets lost and his yep. parents are freaking out. We get a little bit of backstory of his birth and his childhood, but outside of those little brief moments, 90% of his life is hidden. We have no idea what it is. And so mm-hmm. it's a really interesting concept because we look at 90% of Jesus we don't know about, but there's these three short years and we build our entire faith around this very, very small section of his life, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I don't think it's a mistake that, that Jesus led such a strong life. I think it's a, it's actually something that as Christians we need to adopt. And so we're talking about kind of this 90, 10 rule, if we can, we can kind of label it and talk about it, but it's just this idea that um, when you are living your life, whether you're in ministry, whether you're the construction worker, whatever you're doing, if you want to be a strong, indestructible Christian, 90% of your relationship with the Lord can't be seen by anybody. Yes. It has to be private. It has to be hidden. It has to be under the surface, you know? And I think that in today's day and age with social media, with the connection that we have with just being able to put ourselves out there so easily. Like anyone can start a YouTube channel and just be famous, like mm-hmm. get to fame. Like, like the path to fame is not as hard as it was like 20 years ago. You know, you didn't have to mm-hmm. audition and make mm-hmm. a big screen movie or anything like that. So now it's like, it's easy to be out there. And so a lot of Christians, I feel like we live every part of our life exposed to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we give everything that we have and, and it's dangerous when you give everything you have because then you don't have anything left. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then you're empty. Well, yeah. And I think the danger of it, especially just uh, as you said, in this position of service is that when you're doing it so much that that can't substitute for that 90% of, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. time alone with God in that actual pursuit, like personally, right. you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's hard because it's like, okay, we're always doing something. You're always singing. You're always preaching. But like, if that's all you're doing, then you're not having that time alone or that time to actually pursue that strength. Then that other piece of it where you're always out there is going to be super empty and ineffective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's hard because especially in what we do, it, it can get like that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's days where I'll look at my whole day and I'll be like, oh my gosh, like I made all this content. Like I edited 10 videos and then I went and spoke at DSM and then I went and did transitions for the church and then I wrote this and then I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I did this, like put in 18 hours of like concentrated work to build God's kingdom. But it's like, when in that 18 hours did I actually seek him or yeah. get strength from him or any of that? Like I put all service, mm-hmm. but no, <laughs> no strength and no yeah. pr- pursuit of that relationship. Yeah. yeah. And that's scary. Mm-hmm. Is. You know what I mean? Cause you have, you know, almost 20 hours of work to be proud of. Yeah. But nothing personal from it. You're Not weaker. You're weaker from it. Mm-hmm. Gave yeah. everything, yeah. but yeah. didn't actually strengthen anything. Yeah. You didn't yeah. walk out better. You walked out worse. Yeah. Exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way I, the way I hear that and man, that what you just said is so incredibly relatable for mm-hmm. anybody that's ever been in ministry. Yes. I guarantee yeah. you that yeah. that one Wednesday or whatever it is for you is yeah. like, you know, it's a five day work week for a lot of people in ministry. So, or in any job. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, the thing I always hear and the, the concept I've been thinking a lot about is your ministry to people versus your ministry to the Lord and how, when we, when we minister to the Lord, it, there isn't this, I mean, of course it costs us something, right? That's mm-hmm. what praise does. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what worship is. That's what devotion to Jesus, it costs us something. But at the end of the day, the cost that we're giving, the return, the ROI is exponentially higher, you right. know, when I mean, yeah. you're ministering to the Lord. Yeah. And so I think what you're describing or what I'm hearing you say is like, when you prioritize your ministry to people over the Lord, you're paying a price either way, but yeah. the returns are completely different, right? Yes, and good. so that's, um, that's one, one of the things I've been trying to focus on when I think about this topic is just, I love ministering to people. It's what my my passion and purpose is, I feel like, on this earth, but it becomes lost in its effectiveness if I have zero ministry to the Lord or a mm-hmm. lack of ministry to mm-hmm. the Lord first. So mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of priorities for me in that way. Yeah. It's and good. I mean, I can give a, a really good example of this of just like, so we did a retreat last year, um, our summer retreat for our teens. And in preparation for that retreat, like I put in so much work, you know what I mean? Like just an insane amount of work where it was like planning every single thing, you know what I mean? Like the food, the music, every little thing like I did to the T, like it was great. Yeah. Like it was, it was perfectly organized. Every single thing was perfectly done, had all the kids there, had everything there, everything done properly. And I was supposed to speak on the night or one of the nights that it was going on. And I got up there and it was just terrible. Like, <laughs> like my, my message was horrible. Like it was super empty. And I had been going through stuff like the week prior to that, which also kind of took it took that focus of strengthening myself in yeah. the Lord. Right. And when I got up there, it was just so bad. Like it was so empty. Like the words were just there. Like the message was there. It was prepared, but it just wasn't good. And as I look back on that, I'm like, oh, okay. Like that's why it was that imbalance of like, I focused all of my energy, all my attention. Like my 90% was making sure the work was good. Right. 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 And my 10% was making sure that, you know, this, this message and this part that needed to be strong was, was Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. And so even approaching it to now, like this year, going into it and understanding this concept a little bit better. I think I've grown a lot in this, but mm-hmm. this is something that you have to be careful of every single day. Every single yeah. day. Yeah. Um, but even approaching it this year, it was like, yes, I still made sure all those boxes were checked and I delegated a lot of things so that I could make sure that when it came to the part that I needed to be strong spiritually, be able to you know, minister, be able to pray for these teens, do all the stuff that I needed to do on that side of it. 
that was properly taken care of. Mm, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. so it coming into this one, it was like, okay, now I get to fix this and do it right. Mm, and yeah. it did. You know what I mean? Like it was effective. The kids were, you know, moved. We were able to just praise and do all these things and I think grow spiritually and lead them spiritually to a new level. Yeah. But yeah. it was because of that, like you're saying, like that 90% of it, I put into making sure I was prepared to minister in that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not make sure the work was really, really good. Mm, right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to get lost in that. I think like for, for the person that doesn't necessarily have the, the relation to like being in occupational ministry, right? right. They do yeah. this for their, their job. I think a lot of times in life, what it looks like for like an average Christian is they run to things offered by church or offered by like, you know, Spotify worship teams. Like you, you run to these ministry environments to get strength. And that's not a bad thing because I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you not to come to church. This is like we said, this is my job. My livelihood depends on you coming to church, right? All of ours does. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, you can't just come to church and expect to be a strong Christian, Mm -hmm. you know, because that, that to me, it doesn't matter what kind of experience you have at church. It doesn't matter like what's going on, how good it is. That is a part of the nine. That is part of the 10% of of being seen. Mm -hmm. Even if you're sitting there receiving, like, that is part of the 10%. And and if you do not still have a life where you and Jesus are meeting, just you and Jesus, no one else, then you will not be strong enough to face the things in life. Like, uh, you know, I, I mean, you just look at the life of Jesus. We, you know, I preached, Jeremiah talked about this message I preached on Sunday, and it basically was called the way of Jesus. And the the, the what I wanted to talk about in this message was the fact that Oftentimes we want the reality or the truth of Jesus, but we don't want to get it the way he got it, right? Mm -hmm, We want the mm -hmm. peace. We want the healing. We want all of these things. But it's like when we look at the life of Jesus, it doesn't, he doesn't, he didn't live the way we live today. Mm, Not at all. Like the the Bible tells us that he often withdrew to pray, to be alone. How often do we get away from things to pray and be alone? Like Mm -hmm. never, right? (laughs) And you know, you see Jesus living a life of peace and, and all of this stuff, but it's like, we don't we don't want to live like him. We just want what he has, but right. you can't separate those two things, you right. know? Yeah, it's so and good. I think it's like, I think it's just mind blowing how, at least in my life, I think that I can minister, obviously not on the level of Jesus, but you know, I feel like I can minister in the fullness of my gift and calling without living the way that he lived in his prayer life. Like mm-hmm. we think mm-hmm. that we can function well in our everyday life when Jesus himself had to take time to be alone, mm-hmm. to pray, to go right. get mm-hmm. strength, you know? Mm-hmm. And if we're not going to get strength, we're not better than Jesus, man. Like you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to get mm-hmm. beat up. You're going to get broken. You're going to get burnt out. It's just going to be bad news. And so that's just well, the reality of it. Yeah. And let me ask you this, Dion, because you have seen just like in worship, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The worship that's presented today and the mainstream culture of Christian worship and all of that that's happening now, you see so much of the performance, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you see so much of the presentation where they're on tour, they're selling, they're doing their thing. And like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being on tour and doing that, but would you, how would you kind of apply that to that industry, if you will, and that kind of piece of Christianity where it's like, where are they strengthening? Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's all just give, 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 perform, 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 perform. Do you think that that has had an effect on just the presentation in that, that field? Yeah. I, w- I mean, I would wholeheartedly agree in the sense of like, there's definitely some interesting kind of um, parallels that you can draw specifically with the worship industry, because I think the, the, the pattern and the, um, I guess kind of the mold has been to invest a lot into the production of it. Right. Mm -hmm. You want to, you want to lead with excellence in anything you do, you know? And so it makes a lot of sense why in the last 20, 25 years, there's been a rebirth of the worship industry in the church and the Western church and all across the world. And our, our target is to create incredible content that provides incredible experiences. Right. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I wholeheartedly love that. I do that. And I agree with that. 
But a lot of times, like we said earlier, when your priorities can be ministering to people and that just notches itself, maybe a little bit above ministry to the Lord, you can feel that immediately. Mm -hmm. I've been in plenty of worship services and you probably have too, where it's people are so focused, you know, these worship leaders, people on stage are so focused on the people in front of them. Nothing wrong with that. But they just, those people in front of them slightly notch above the Lord. You know, that whole, that attention, that emphasis, their devotion to those people kind of becomes a little bit, it just becomes a little bit convoluted when you have those two um, priorities to think about at the same time. And listen, I'm not here to say it's easy and I'm not here to say I have it down. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, (laughs) But I am here to say I've seen that struggle and that dichotomy that takes place. And it's important to just to realign yourself consistently. I have Sundays where I step off the stage and, and I, I'm talking to the Holy Spirit and I, I feel like, Lord, you went east and I went west mm-hmm. and we missed each other entirely mm-hmm, in that mm-hmm, whole set. Mm-hmm. You know, like you missed you missed something. You just missed the direction of the Holy Spirit. And that's where he begins. That's where he's been. He's been teaching me that even in the last like, you know, couple of years where he's saying, well, I mean, where was your priorities? What were you what were you trying to get out of that experience? Were you trying to deliver a awesome product for the people that you love so much Mm -hmm. there's not bad intentions in that that's not i'm not doing anything ill and wrong but it just you have to be very careful not to put the people you're serving above serving the lord you know Mm -hmm. flat out Mm -hmm. and serving his heart and what he where he wants to go so it's interesting it's difficult because that's how i feel like it's like what what could have happened you know what i mean like what 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 did we miss yeah what did we miss yeah you know what i mean like i made the people in front of me cry (laughs) <laughs> and like worship really good and they had an awesome sunday or whatever wednesday service whatever friday night and like that's cool but like what did we miss mm-hmm. you know what i mean and what did the person in the room miss right because right. even if they had an amazing experience and they felt the holy spirit and that happened but like what else was he trying to do yeah you know what i mean what right. direction was he trying to give in that moment where it was like oh like they could have had something that could have completely changed their life mm-hmm. yeah and it's like i feel that all the time it's like man like i came into this tired because i focused all my time trying to do this work right and yeah. it's like man what could have happened yes you yeah. know what i mean I just <laughs> follow the lead and and yeah. stephanie gretzinger said this recently she, she there's a video um kind of circulating on the internet where she gives this message that's just so profound. I love Stephanie Gretzinger. Um, but she talks about, um, even the Lord is more humble than we are. (laughs) Jesus is more humble than us. And so even in our running around and trying to make everything perfect and trying to do everything in our own might and our own strength, he still, even if we miss it, he still steps in and meets that person in the mm-hmm, room and mm-hmm. he still, he still will show up in spite of us a oh, lot yeah. of times, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So it is super yeah. important to make sure that these things and these priorities are in place, yeah. but you know, Jesus is, is far more giving and gracious no, than we are. Yeah. And that's not <laughs> to know? say that we can, we're, we're big enough to block that. Right. Yeah. You know exactly. I mean? Yeah. That's not to say we're big enough to block it. Cause even from that retreat, like that I talked about where I was hot garbage like there was kids that were there that day that are now a huge part of what we're doing yeah tons of fruit from that experience yeah like we that was where we got david right out of that retreat and adam and like all those teens that were like now even bev and layla like that in precious like that was that you know what i mean like that was that group and so like even though it was trash like god still (laughs) you know what i mean used it in group from that and i i think it's funny that you you say it's trash because it probably wasn't as bad. As yeah, you think. yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, we all do that. We all were like, "Oh, that's bad." And I think that instead of we're not talking about like that's that was a bad set. I think right. I think saying that phrase comes from a place of knowing that we gave out of the ten, not the nine. Exactly. Yes. Like we, you know, when you're you're dry, you know, when you 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 didn't you just made stuff mm-hmm. up, or you felt like just I just forced this, you mm-hmm. know, and that's our best is always going to be bad compared to his bad. You yeah. know, like if yes. God comes in the room and he does a really bad job at ministering, it's still going to be better than any person on this planet could do, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think just the, the, the idea is to live your life out of the 90, you know, live your life out of the 90 and mm-hmm. let that, let the Holy spirit lead when you're, when you're talking to people or maybe you are doing ministry or maybe you're just at work and you're wondering how to talk to the person sitting next to you at the desk you know, right next to you. And you're like, man, I don't know what to do. Well, strengthen yourself in the Lord, take some time, like build up your private life and then allow the Holy spirit to lead you and into that 10%, you know, because that's where the good is going to be. That's where the Lord is going to be leading Mm -hmm. you in that. Yeah. Can we kind of talk about, I think that this is a good topic, just 
for modern Christians in this country. I think that when that balance is messed up, that 90-10, we present just such a weak version of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of where we are with popular Christianity, like pop Christian, Mm -hmm. if you will, like Mm -hmm. with the, with the culture and just with the preaching and with the, like, and, and, and we're starting to see the cracks of when that happens and why that happens. And just like some of the stuff where you get these scandals and you get these preachers that are like, Oh my gosh, like how did that person do that? Mm -hmm. And like, it's, I think it's all rooted from this. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is. Cause they are, they are destructible. Yeah. Yeah. They are very yes. destructible. When you when you don't have anything under the surface, like you're gonna get ran over. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that life tries to run every human being over. Mm-hmm. Like the enemy attacks you, life happens to you. Like the, the facts are is that you're not gonna make it through this world without seriously going through some stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you are all surface, if you're like I was talking to somebody on, on Sunday and they were just saying how they feel really, really bad about their their occupation they just feel like it's a toxic environment they just feel like just beat up you know with their faith a lot of times Mm -hmm. and the flip side of that is that they don't come to church often they don't really sow into you know you know like we talked about church isn't the only way you get strength i would argue that it's the least important (laughs) thing you can do to get strength but if you're barely coming to church you're not you're reading your bible every day you're not praying you're not seeking the lord or getting strength on your own and that's why you're getting beat up. Like, that's why you can't go to work and not feel like, oh man, I'm getting run mm-hmm. over here. Like my, my, my faith is getting just demolished it's because you have zero substance. You have nothing, you know, you have nothing to fall back on. You have no history with the Lord. Like mm-hmm. it's just, you cannot make it through this life without having time moments with God that no one else knows about. No one else hears about. Like one of my, one of the things I was convicted on recently is like, just sharing every revelation that I got, mm-hmm. you know, like, and as, as a pastor, it work, if you work in ministry, you know, how, how valuable genuine revelation is because mm-hmm. you either speak so much or you play so much or you give so much. It's like, man, every single nugget I get from the Lord, I have to write it down and I have to turn it into a message because mm-hmm. I need something to talk about, you know? And I just recently got convicted. I'm like, no, I can't give everything away. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I have to have, the majority for me and I'm going to mm-hmm. take things to my grave that no one will ever know about. Yeah. And that's going to be between me and God. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to tell anybody, this is going to be my hidden part where I'm going to, I'm going to produce strength in my life. No one will ever see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yep. And that value that, that, you know, if you're, if you're listening to the Holy spirit and some of those nuggets, I think a lot of times, at least the way the Holy spirit talks to me is it's, it's in feelings. Like if I, step out and do something and all of a sudden I feel that that level of conviction of like oh maybe this isn't for that this isn't the right time is in the right space mm-hmm. it's like you reserving some of that revelation is actually that one nugget of wisdom or the the face of God that you got to see it's more valuable kept between the two of you than if you were to sell it like a product mm-hmm. to yeah. sell it like a good yes. it's like a lot of times you'll you'll the Holy Spirit will teach you <clears throat> and show you what to keep hidden mm-hmm. because you it's of more value between you and him than it is shared yeah. because it's know? building that strength yeah exactly and, and this yeah. is why it's so dangerous because when you start to look at your moments with the Lord as shareable moments. Mm, yeah. It becomes a means to an end. Yes. It becomes like a, it becomes Factory. a, yeah, it yeah, becomes well, like a, a way to get likes like, Oh man, like well, because God, that's how our can culture. I get likes on Facebook? Yeah. That's our culture. We've been programmed and that's the enemy that, you know what I mean? Like the devil is not stupid, bro. Yes. Like, yeah, he has programmed this world in modern society to be a highlight tape. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, it's, and that, and you do everything. If you yeah. think about how many times you take pictures of your food, or you take pictures of your kids' first steps, or you take pictures yep. and videos of these intimate, like special human moments that God has given as a gift to us, mm-hmm. but we use it and leverage it to feed into this society that Advance we've ourselves. been taught to yeah. share and yeah. to gain likes and gain notoriety and how important it is to make sure that all these people see these moments. Like right. that's what we've been programmed yeah. and it's not of God. It's like not that's healthy. not, he- yeah. yeah, that is not what God has for us. Like that is completely from hell. Yeah. 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 Let, let me share with you just how easy this, yeah. this was. Cause <laughs> like, okay, just timeline wise, mm-hmm. I, I preached this message Sunday. 
that was like yeah. maybe what four days ago, three days ago. I don't know what day it is. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple yeah. of days ago, I preached this message, right? I'm supposed to have this revelation. I understand this. 90-20. The Lord's been working on me a lot. <laughs> yeah. Right? 90-10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 90-10. 90-10. Yeah. Sorry. He has 110 percent I give 110. He actually day, guys. reached a level. <laughs> he reached this level as a Christian that he gets an extra 10%. <laughs> 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 extra 10. Yeah. When, when you're, he reads the amplified. When you're this anointed. <laughs> That's what happens. When you go to Bible college, yeah, two yeah. extra yeah. words yeah. in that Bible. Yeah. Depending on how holy you are. Yes. 5%. You get extra time. But go um, ahead. Anyway, so last night, it was funny. Last night, I was, I was, uh, you know, I learned this lesson. So I'm like, you know what? I sat down at my piano and I was just having some, you know, just some moments of worship with the Lord. And I just like started worshiping. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even remember what I was like playing or singing, but it was like, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> and I, I took my phone out and I recorded. I was going to send it to you. Yeah. I like recorded uh-huh. it. And then I listened to it back and I'm like, bro, what am I doing? Like I literally (laughs) just preached about this. Like, and I deleted it. I'm like, I'm never, I'm never even going to like, you know, like you just, there's certain moments, there's certain songs, there's certain revelations because the moment you, you, you pivot and you take what the Lord has given you and your goal is to give it away, Mm -hmm. your attention goes off of him. Like it's like, I I don't care about you anymore. I want to give this to somebody to impress them, you know? And it's like the moment it was funny. The moment I took my phone out to record it, I just felt like his presence was just gone just gone Mm, immediately. And I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was, it was terrible. It's almost like a perversion of like the gifts that God gives us. Yes. And like, it's so easy. It's not hard to do. He's put a device. Like we have a device with us all the time that can, Literally pervert anything that God gives us mm-hmm. as a yeah. gift and be turn it into currency. Yeah. Like yeah. fuel for this engine of, you know, mm-hmm. clout, for this engine of popularity, this engine of like, oh, I can make people think I'm awesome because of this. And if yes. I make people think I'm awesome, then I can sell all of this and I can be happy and I yeah. can look like this and be like this and be, hit these standards and these checkpoints. And it's it's just a core perversion of okay god gave you something of value he's he's talking to you he's speaking to you he gave you something that's so valuable like why are we rushing to turn it into something else yeah Yeah. you're just leaving and i think um we're kind of beating up on this idea yeah which is which is fine it needs to be beaten up a little bit but i mean it's not okay so is it wrong to share what the no. Lord has given you. No, no, it's not what we're saying here. I think, I think the idea is that when, what it's the, it's the way it's the 90, 10, it's 90, 10, it's the 90, 10. Yeah. It's the, it's yeah. the idea of like, why are you seeking God? Mm-hmm. Are you seeking him to give something away? Or are you seeking him because you love him mm-hmm. because you're passionate about him? And if it's because you actually love Jesus, you're not going to be so eager to run to Facebook or to run to the pulpit or mm-hmm. to press record on your phone when you find, when you get something of a good worship song, it's like these things aren't the goals anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. it's, it's a, it's an idea. It's a culture. It's a heart shift where you are pursuing him because of how amazing he is. Yes. And out of that 90%, there's going to be some moments where the Lord's like, Hey, I want you to share this or, yeah. or maybe even he doesn't prompt you. Maybe this, moment or song just touched you so much and you want to share it with somebody else Mm -hmm. because you want them to know him that what that way you know like that's where the 10 percent comes from it doesn't it it doesn't come from like oh i need to get this stuff out there it's like man i have so much with the lord like i want people to know him the way i do because i love him so much right it's like let's let me squeeze out as much i possibly can to Mm -hmm. feed the the machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that uh, Jeremy says in his book, Jeremy Riddle, the reset is mm-hmm. he, he talks about how when he was younger, he wanted to be in like a rock band, right? Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a famous mm-hmm. musician. And he said he used to always um, negotiate with the Lord and say, Lord, if you make me famous, I'll make you famous. <laughs> you know, like that kind Deal. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember praying things like that yeah. when I was a kid, you know, yeah. being interested in music and being yeah. like, Lord, if you just let this blow up, I'll blow you up, Jesus. Yeah. I'll blow you up so large, you know? And it's so stupid because Jesus doesn't need you to make him famous. He's already famous. Bro. Yeah. Jesus, good. <laughs> Jesus, listen, if Chris Pratt can't do it, you can't do it. So like, just get over yourself, you know? Yes. And and I, I just, I love that type of, you know, it, it, it just, when you begin to prostitute your relationship with the Holy Spirit, yeah. like you said, the minute you do that, you tend to grieve him and you, yeah. and he tends to just walk away from all of it. Yeah. And it's, and like you said, I don't want to beat the dead horse on what we're talking about, but I think it is important to talk about a lot because 
that that scripture in the gospels where Jesus talks about when you pray, go in a room, mm-hmm. close the door, pray alone with yes. with the Lord, and don't pray on the on the you know the city square center for everyone mm-hmm. to hear mm-hmm. you. Right. That phone in your pocket is the public square. That, that is, is the public square right. center the for most everyone. You could ever get, <laughs> and it's so easy. You don't have to stand up. You could be in your closet and still broadcast yeah. your entire prayer session. So uh, I think yeah. it's important to talk about because. Our our culture, it, it we're so much more susceptible to to taking the Holy Spirit and making Him a cheap product to sell. It's yeah. much easier now yeah. than it ever has been. So, yeah, yeah I mean, but, I'll beat that. Edward. Yeah, but when we <laughs> but, okay, it. because when we present it like that, we're no better than all the other man made stuff. Yeah, just saying. You know what I mean? There's no power in that. Right. There's no strength in that. Right. Your ninety percent is not built. Right. Your ninety percent is a show. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And like when I see it, it's so annoying because like I'll see people on Instagram live or like on these reels in front of their camera, like crying or like, (laughs) and I'm just like, yeah, this is sick. Yeah. Like this is very sick. Like this is not okay. Like these people are mentally ill. Mm. No, for real. (laughs) Like if you get on your camera to cry in front of your camera, it's a little weird. Like, Mm -hmm. That's a that's a, that's a mental illness. Like that is sick. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm sorry, but like that is not okay. Yeah. yeah. Like you're not doing it for anything other than to garner this emotion or garner this like feeling of pity for you or right. whatever. Like draw attention. Like it's insane. Yeah. And yeah. when we do that, like we're not any better than any other man-made creation, religion, following cult, whatever it is. Yeah. Like you can put us on the same shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like put us on the same shelf next to your zodiac signs, put us next to your self help, yep. <laughs> your motivational life coaches. Put us next to your crystals. Like right, right, right. Come on, yeah. But <laughs> because it, it, but it's like okay, yeah. if that's what you're doing as a Christian, like stop calling yourself that. Yeah, like yeah. call yourself something else. You yeah. know what I mean? Because like I don't want to be on the same shelf with all of those things. Yeah, and I also don't want those people that are doing that to be pouring into me either mm-hmm. right you know what i mean yeah. like please don't pray for this very real issue that i'm having yeah it, it definitely shows a level of dissociation you know when yes when you sort of broad literally broadcast and record like your emotional experiences in general you know i mean mm-hmm. whatever I, I won't go down that TikTok yeah, rabbit yeah. hole too <laughs> yeah, far yeah, but yeah, yeah. But, but you know yeah. I, like we talked about in that scripture in the gospels it's like that is that is just the clear communication of Jesus telling you how to pray and how mm-hmm. to have relationship. Mm-hmm. And every single time he went, you know, and, and preached publicly or performed public miracles, you can almost always see in the life of Jesus of him retreating either immediately before or immediately after those type of, he retreats yeah. and like you said, withdrawals, you know? Yeah. And I don't know, there's just a lot of clear, well, you know, there's been a moral deterioration, you know what I mean? In society and just a social one. Mm-hmm. And, with those two things deteriorating, it's bled into our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because culturally sure. you can't separate those things. Mm-hmm. You can't be like, Oh yeah, when I'm doing everything else in my life, I share it all. Right. But like when it comes to my faith, like, Oh no, this is super private. And like, yeah. Yeah. and, and it's, it's forced the church to kind of move differently because you have to keep up with the times. Right. And so you have to share and you want to share and you want to draw people in and, and be present in those places because it's like okay we don't want the devil just to run everything yeah and like we're just not there like oh we're the church so we don't go to instagram or we don't right. we don't you know what i mean like that's an immature solution yeah that's yeah. an immature yeah. solution is to Definitely. is to take your ball and go home right right but right. at the same time we can't fall into right okay let's be a, a tv show or let's be the circus or let's be yeah. the tiktok or let's be the you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's where the balance is kind of fallen yeah, yeah. I agree. I think I've found, not that I've found the answer, but for me personally, I think that I found the balance for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so just, just recently, one of my friends um, from school reached out and he was like, Hey, would you want to come and speak at this conference that we're doing? And I was like, man, that's awesome. I'd love to. And, and I mean, if you're in ministry, you kind of, you, you see the people that travel the world and get to speak and lead worship. And there's that, there's that draw, right? You want to do that to some extent. I don't care what you're going to, who says what, you know, you want to be that, like, you know, that pastor that everybody knows. And it's like, man, this person's amazing. Right. So there's that human draw to it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like kind of getting one of the first, like real, like, Hey, come speak at my thing 
for me was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Like, this mm -hmm. is so cool, right? And um, it was really, it, it still is really cool. Like, I'm really pumped to do it. And I yeah. don't think it's a bad thing. Um, but I found a really, I think I've, I think I found a really good balance for it because when I was praying about it, I, I was walking and I was just praying and I, and I've, I was asking the Lord, like, what to do with this. One of the things that we all, all three of us grew up, we grew up knowing intimately the people that do this, like the traveling big famous speakers and singers. Like, you know, our grandfather had, had, a, has had in the past and our church still is a fairly large church. So we've had, you know, big name preachers come in and we, you know, we've got to eat with them and hang out with them. And, and there's always been a bad taste in my mouth for that because mm -hmm. a lot of what you see out there is just not good. It's just fake, right? What mm -hmm. we're talking about. And so I've, I've always had this bitter taste in my mouth. And I'm just asking the Lord, like, I don't want to do this the way that everyone else does this. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to be this guy that's fake and just travels around and just is, is just famous just because. Putting on a show. Yeah, you're putting on a show. Basically, mm -hmm. you're entertaining people. And, and as I was praying about this, man, the Holy Spirit really hit me. He was like, okay, well, if you, if you want to do this, then you need to first have a heart for my bride. Mm. And I begin to think about like my heart for the church and not just our church, you know, church on the North coast, but like this, just the church in general, like mm -hmm. what, what is the state of my heart toward the bride of Christ? And I realized that it was very critical. It was very judgmental. It was very toxic. Like I looked at the church as, as somebody that needed to change a lot of things, any, any denomination that didn't agree with me. I'm like, Oh, they're wrong. They're all going to hell. Like, <laughs> and I, you know, you just get very judgy of other yeah. Christians that don't think like you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Whoa, I'm not fit for this. Mm -hmm. I'm not, fit. I can't, I can't do this, you well, know, yeah. because, because I don't care about the bride. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be doing this because I care about people. I would be doing this because Dominic wants to travel and speak, you know? Right, right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the balance was this, instead of praying for opportunity to speak, instead of praying for revelation to speak about, what I started doing is praying for the bride of Christ yeah, and good. like just covering the bride and asking the Lord to give me a heart for the, like the church at large, you know? And so it's, it's one of those things for me for like, so, so that you give out of this place of like, I genuinely care about you. Yeah. Genuinely care about you. Like the other day I was, I was on Instagram and I was uh, scrolling through and I, and I've tried to make this a practical point where like, if I see somebody sharing the gospel on Instagram, like I want to support them and love them, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And so uh, th this little girl was sharing something and, it was like a, she was a Mormon and it was like out of a book of Mormon that isn't in the canon of, of the gospels or the, in the canon of our, our scripture. And she like quoted this thing, but it was about like the mercy of God or whatever. And I was just like, man, that's so powerful, you know, and mm. just like affirmed yeah, her. Good. And it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not a Mormon. I don't <laughs> believe, you know, a lot of what they believe, but mm -hmm. like, I'm not to judge. I'm not the judge of, of the bride of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I yeah. can't say that that person's not part of it, you know? And so it's like, yeah. One of those things that if you do truly desire to love people, well, you have to love people, you know, yeah. like that love for individuals have to, has to come before the love to share or the love to be acknowledged or the love to be in the spotlight. Like what you're saying, make me famous and I'll, I'll make you famous. <laughs> right, it's yeah. like, is the, where's the, where's the intention of the heart at? And that for me right. has been the balance. It's like, do I want to share this for likes, followers, affirmation, amens? Or do I genuinely care about your soul? <laughs> you well, know, like, yeah. do I genuinely care about you as a person? And do I think this will help you? Mm -hmm. And so that for me is where I've, I've had to like not say things and say things that I didn't plan on saying mm -hmm. because I've made that change in thinking, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I think a lot of times we get in our, you know, uh, denominational bubbles yeah. and we begin to build our castles and our fortresses and our walls and we even arm ourselves with you know, certain scriptures that we can wield in the right context yeah. to put someone down or to prove we're right. Yeah, it's amazing the amount of conflict that happens within the, the bride of Christ. It's, crazy. Right? it's it's insane. I always think about, and just my sort of uh, personal conversations I've been having with the Lord, uh, it was the, there's a scripture, I think in Matthew seven, maybe um, where Jesus says, blessed are those who show mercy. They will be shown the same measure of mercy mm -hmm. that they're, that they show. Yeah. And that is a terrifying verse, bro. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. If you are here to convict, condemn, like you're not going to be shown much grace in your life. Yeah, yeah. And who knows how much grace you'll be shown in the year afterlife too. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think, like you said, like having this posture in this, in this uh, heart towards people who have maybe differences in the way they think, like you are, you are obligated to show a measure of mercy that you would want to see 
Because you don't got it right. I'm sorry. No, we, we don't. Yeah, our interpretation of the gospel is, in my opinion, I I think it's great. Whatever I think, you know, I think it is the right interpretation. But we're humans, and we don't know everything. Just looking at this topic, we clearly don't know exactly. Like just yeah. this one small topic that we're talking about today. <laughs> exactly. There's yeah. no way for us to say that you know everything, and that and that I think is maybe some of the bad taste that I felt from my childhood and, and, you know, growing up in the early 2000s and the 90s of like the, you know, the uh, post-Pentecostal type of congregation yeah. we had is that there is this kind of, we know exactly what this is all. Exactly yeah. So a lot of those big name preachers, they'll mm-hmm. teach and preach that way sometimes or whatever. Um, and I think that's just dangerous. <clears throat> it's just dangerous. That's where, you know, arrogance and confidence, overconfidence can come into play. And then you are, you're left there without a measure of mercy and you're left there without a measure of empathy that you would want shown to you, you know? Exactly. And it comes in that balance. You're, you've lost your balance. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause if you've like, if you, if you are taking that stage in any capacity, or even if you're just sharing the gospel or Mm -hmm. or sharing a status on Facebook, like I, I start, I'm starting to think it this way now, like you better have, 90 times the amount of prayer that goes into it mm. for that person. You know, like, yeah. like if I'm going to preach a message, I better have 90 times that what I'm going to say on Sunday of like love, intentionality, pursuit mm-hmm. of the Lord, but like also care for the individual. Like I, my heart has to be toward you, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I don't, I don't want to ever share something that's just trying to get something from you. Yeah. You know, like right. I'm sharing be- this with you because I just love you so much and I love yeah. the Lord. And this is, this is coming from this genuine place. Yeah. You know? And I think I've, so <laughs> it's funny because I have like the luxury of not having to speak that often or be <laughs> on stage that often. Both mm-hmm. of you have to do it like mm-hmm. twice a week, three times a week. Um, and so I get the, the pleasure and the luxury. I, I like, I'll just call it a luxury because it is <laughs> So like I have, cause I have a lot of work to do and I do mm-hmm. a lot of different things, but in that regard, I don't have to have stuff like constantly coming out that way. Yeah. And because of that, when I do have those opportunities to do it and I have to go up there and do that, I think it comes from a very genuine place. Right. You know what I mean? And, yeah. it, and it does come from a very strong place now where I'm at today. You know what I mean? I wasn't there. (laughs) I wasn't there even a year ago, but like today I can genuinely say like, okay, when I do, okay, go speak on a Wednesday or go do the transitions on Mm -hmm. Sunday. Like those are coming from a very strong place. Right. Because it's not this like, Oh, I have to make something Mm -hmm. or I have to hurry up and do this. Or I have to do this every single week. It's like, it's a very potent, like, process because it's like okay this came from 90 percent of me reading worshiping talking to god and not saying anything yeah right you know what i mean absolutely and like notes on notes on notes on notes on notes of like this is what god has been saying this is what god has been saying Mm -hmm. and this is what he's been saying over and over and over and over and over again to where it's like okay now go to transitions last sunday it's like oh guess what god has been saying that you know, he wants us to hunger and thirst after him. And in order to do that, we have to posture ourselves that way. And yeah. like, let's do that right now in this moment. And that there's a difference there. Yeah, there's a huge it's difference. Good. And I, I love know? that example because you could be a traveling evangelist and just have gained the 30 years of tools and talent mm-hmm. to provide a good transition. Yes. Or you could be two years into ministry spoke mm-hmm. a handful of times and because you're speaking from a place of genuine experience with the Lord, mm-hmm. it's as effective, if not, in my opinion, maybe Way more, more. you know, more. maybe yeah. more. It's like, I, nobody's relying on your years mm-hmm. of talent and history of just doing this on stages. Right. You're actually at that point, you're seeing the purity of a relationship with Jesus, which is, and you, you know, not to go too far into that transition piece, but like if, some of the times I hear you do transitions on stage, I get, there is such a, a genuine, it's so connect. It's so easy to connect to your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think is what right. I'm explaining. Like mm-hmm. when you speak is like, it's very easy to see your relationship with the Lord and then put my heart, attach it right to that, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and follow the vision and the, and the direction that you're going in the moment. So yeah. I, yeah, just to maybe compliment you, but yeah, it's just no, is a different, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They're different feelings, right? Yeah, it's yeah. real. There's a lot of times where you see people say stuff on stage or whatever, and you're like, that's not real. Right. right. Like, that's right. Yeah, or you're just yeah, saying yeah. that, like, that's a truth, but it's not real for you. you or know? that was somebody else's thing yeah. that they 
always say or right, you know what right, i mean like right. that i'm sure it's edifying to some degree but right yeah, yeah. but when something belongs to someone because right. they found it by themselves it's like oh, yes that's real mm-hmm. oh. yeah for mm-hmm. sure for sure i want to share this scripture verse really quick it's in habakkuk 2 this is kind of one of the things that i read that like started this whole thing for me yeah um but if you obviously you know habakkuk was a one of the, one of the minor prophets he's you know the, all these minor prophets have different stories, but they're all basically there to tell Israel that they're terrible and they need to repent. Right. right. So like you, you <laughs> prophetically they're messengers for God, for his people. But there's this verse in Habakkuk two, verse one, he says this, I will stand my watch. I will set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. And I will, and what I will answer when I'm corrected. And when I read that, I was like, man, that's not a, that's not a prophecy. Like that's not a message. He's not talking to a King. He's not talking mm-hmm. to like a, a priest. He's talking about himself there. Like that is all between Habakkuk and God. And what blew me away was that like, that was his posture. That was his heart. Mm. And how many times does our prayer look like this? I will watch, I will see what God will say to me so I can tell somebody else how to live their life, you (laughs) know, like, so I can, so I can answer so-and-so when they quote that scripture to me. And it's, it's like, we live our life for other people sometimes. And I found myself in a place where all of my Bible reading was done to people prepare a message or all of my prayer time was happening because someone was like, Hey, you know, can you pray for me? I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll pray for you. But like my entirety of my relationship with God hinged on somebody else. Mm. And when I read this, I I realized like, I have to, I have to be prepared to answer when I'm corrected. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and I wanted to bring this up because I think it's a, I think it's a very simple and easy thing to do, but to correct our mindset when we're reading the Bible, when we're worshiping, when we're praying, like when you're doing these secretive disciplines, like have this mindset that Habakkuk said, he said, I'm going to stand on the wall. I'm going to pay attention to the Lord and I'm going to figure out what I'm going to say when I am corrected. My turn. Yes. Mm, Yes. Mm -hmm. Because when the Lord gives me a revelation, it's for me. Right. And I think so often we share that revelation before God even does it in our life. Like we don't yeah. even fully understand what God's trying to do with us. Mm-hmm. We just want to share this with our neighbor, or our friend or with our church. And it's like, man, God's trying to fix you. Like, yeah. stop, like, shut up. Yeah. Just listen, listen <laughs> you to get what the correction. First. Yeah. Like yeah. this is for you. You this strengthen, right. you strengthen right. first. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and then after God takes you through this process of like building you or correcting you or whatever, it's like, Okay, yeah, that helps somebody else. But God didn't give you a word. Like, that wasn't (laughs) like, hey, they didn't give you this word. That was for you. And I think so often I read the Bible and I'm like, oh, that'll preach. And it's like, wait a minute, hold on. God, wait, <laughs> yeah. let's backtrack. Right, right, Were right, you trying right. to say something here? Yeah. Cause I'm, that'll I'm preach. already writing a sermon. Right. But like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's why I said it's a luxury for me because it's like, I don't have to turn those moments into right. sermons or into songs or into these right. moments of ministry. Mm-hmm. Obviously I speak every week with like our teens, but even that I, it's a very separate delivery. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's something different, but from like that perspective of like, I get to actually fix these things. And then, you know, after a while, after a while, like, okay, this is something I just came through. Let me share this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or this is something God has continued to say. Now let right. me share this, you right. know? Yeah. yeah. I love it. I would say good, a good way. Cause you were probably, you know, 10, 15 minutes out from being done here. Um, a good way to kind of wrap this up. Let's talk about some spiritual practices that you can have and implement in your life to turn. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say somebody's listening, and I'm like, "Dude, I'm at a forty sixty right now. You know, yeah, <laughs> my yeah, output yeah. is far greater than my input into my spiritual yeah. life. So, what are some good spiritual practices that you have done? You know, you guys each, and we'll each share one or something like that. Yeah. I think saying no is probably the best spiritual practice that you could have. Doesn't sound very spiritual. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) But it's real. But like what you said, like you knew going into that retreat that you didn't have it, you know, Mm -hmm. like you, you gave way much. You weren't, you weren't ready to, you gave too much. So saying no, when you're able to, to say like, Hey, listen, I'm not strong enough now, you know, Mm -hmm. because I think we just say yes to everything. We try to be the answer to people, but ultimately we're not the answer. Like, we are not the answer. You, uh, you have the answer sometimes when you're living your life 90, 10, but when you're just trying to produce stuff out of a empty tank, you're not going to do any good because you want to produce those too, because it makes you look better. It makes yeah. you feel better. It, it feeds, you know, right. Or if you even genuinely want to help. Yeah. And you somebody. might, yeah, you might actually have a yeah. good intention. Yeah. You might even have a good intention of just saying like, I just want to help my neighbor or mm-hmm. somebody. But if you don't have it, like say no to that moment and understand that you have to go get it. And I think for me, the biggest thing is silence and just Mm. like silence and solitude is, is those two things. 
be alone and just be with you and God. Um, there's this, there's this really quick, I'll just share. There's this misunderstanding when we read about the wilderness. When Jesus was taken to the wilderness or he goes to the wilderness, right? We always associate that as like a bad thing. Like it's a desert, it's desolate, it's harsh environment. But the wilderness in the Bible doesn't necessarily mean like a desert place, like a harsh environment. The wilderness is just an isolated area. Mm. So when Jesus was taken to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, that's like one of those things where like, dun, 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 yeah. like, that's terrible. <laughs> but Jesus went to the wilderness because that was, that was where that was he strength. was. Yeah. That was his greatest point of strength was mm. to be alone. You wow. know, like he was, that was home field advantage for him. Right. The wilderness, good. you know, yeah. like that, that wasn't a punishment. He was like, man, I'm getting tested by the devil. Where, where do I need to go? Mm. I need to be by myself. Yeah. So that place of solitude, silence and saying no to things, I think is going to produce a lot of strength in people for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. Me? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, okay. I took, I took <laughs> no. a lot of them there. Yeah, Dom said all three. <laughs> so, well, no, but mine Sorry. is actually different. So it, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I agree with that one completely because it's like I said, like it comes from, a, it, it's hard though in those moments because yeah. like when people ask you for something, it is honoring too. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Like right. if your coworker or somebody that you know, your family member comes up to you and says, Hey, like, can you pray for me? Mm-hmm. Or can you give me direction on this or can you give me something you know yeah. what i mean it's hard because you feel that mm-hmm. and you're like wow like thank you for genuinely feeling that i'm strong enough to do this and so for a little bit there's ego there that's like oh like i can do this like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and yeah. it's like i can make this happen or like hey put this retreat on it's like oh i can do this like yeah. awesome i made it happen mm-hmm. but then when you go to actually do it, it's like, oh crap! Like, yes. <laughs> I don't have anything invested here. I'm not strong enough to do this. I can't do it. Yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah. and then I, and you kind of fall there. So yeah, that one is is such a good one because it's like it, that's real. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's hard to. It's something that is kind of against everything in you yeah. to say no. Right. Um. But mine. This is actually to kind of go off of what I was talking about this year at our retreat. I preached and, um, I just had a full message about just staying hungry. Mm. and staying hungry for God's presence mm. and staying hungry for the Holy Spirit, kind of what I transitioned with on Sunday, yeah. was like God wants us to be hungry for him. Yeah. And kind of the point of my message and like the key takeaway, if you will, was that when you lose your hunger, you get fat. Mm. So good. And when you're not hungry for the Spirit and his, his Spirit and his direction and his word, you become spiritually lethargic yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. it goes into that place of just performance. It goes into that place yeah. of empty Christianity mm-hmm. and it's hard because you start to fill those, those voids of where you need the spirit, where you're hungry for yeah. the spirit. You start to fill it with the things that make you feel good. The dessert of the world, if you yeah. will. Yeah. yeah. Right. You start to fill it with things that serve you pleasures, whatever it yeah. is, distractions, all yeah. these things that are just, making you feel better, bringing you joy. Yeah. And when it's not filled with the Holy spirit, that's when you become weak. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's when our Christianity becomes weak. And it's, it's like, like I said before, it's like we're presenting something that's no better than all these man-made things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's my thing right now is like just staying spiritually hungry. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. That's so good. Can we like let, let's just like talk about that for a second? <laughs> Absolutely. Because, because I think I think that that there's a misunderstanding with with the idea of the need for us to be hungry, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. don't get it twisted. God is not obsessed with Himself right. to where He He desires you to desire Him. That's right. not that's not what we're seeing here. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing God saying, "Hey, hey, pr- worship me, praise me, like come mm-hmm. to me because I just need somebody to pay me attention." That's not what we see here. We see God understanding this equation so i mean obviously he made it right Mm -hmm. god understands this but it's it's one of those things where god knows that if you don't desire him you're going to desire something else yes like you're instructed to be hungry after him not because he's an egomaniac but because he knows that he's the best thing for you to hunger after yeah like you're gonna hunger after something you're gonna Mm -hmm. eat dessert you're gonna eat you know the things of the world yeah so your hunger for god is good for you. It's not yes. good for God. It's it's, it's for it's you good for, for that you. strength. It's yes. for that ninety. It is for you, one hundred percent. Yeah, and and that's where people think like, why do I have to pursue God? You need to pursue God. Not for he doesn't you. Need he doesn't you to need you to. Him. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and that's, he doesn't need you to. It's like what what I was saying earlier about the difference between the minis- the two ministries that you can engage in: the ministry of people, the ministry to people, and the ministry to the Lord. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times when we find when we have incredible experiences ministering to people. 
we can think that like what you're saying, like that's the right thing. This is going to satisfy me. This is going to fill the holes in my life. But ministry to people is not a, it's not a satisfying no. experience. And, well, <laughs> just as empty and as yeah. substitute you, yeah. that word ministry for service. Right, exactly. Yeah. Service unto the Lord or service unto, unto people. It's like yeah. your service in, in wanting to give people something. You will get a momentary high. You will get this incredible corporate experience where you're all like, just to speak in worship terms, like mm-hmm. I love leading worship. And part of that is because in the middle of a song, when you have people lifting their voices and praise mm-hmm. unto Jesus and you're helping facilitate those moments, those moments are incredible, but you don't walk away from that fulfilled. Yeah. You don't walk away from that feeling like I'm, you know, I'm satisfied in my soul and my spirit. No, yeah. usually you feel pretty darn empty. Yeah. You yeah. usually feel like you could even test to this on Sundays after you preach. Yeah. Dude, you want to go home and take a go nap. Bed, bro. Right? You yeah. want to go yeah. home and relax. But, uh, but when you minister to the Lord and you spend that alone time, you walk away from those moments feeling the presence of Jesus and right. the capability to go ahead and actually serve people to see his kingdom, you know, come on earth. And so I think like, yeah, it just is interesting to see that those are both acts of service. And like you said, the Lord isn't here, you know, egotistical saying, serve me, serve me, serve me. He's saying, no, 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 this This is is the only way for you to walk out of this place fulfilled and like your truest and best self. So, which, and I might, I might preach this on a Wednesday or something like that. So I don't want to give it all away. Just do a a podcast. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) But it was funny because when I preached this a couple weeks ago, that at the retreat, it was, that was my first verse was Matthew 4, 1 was Jesus in the wilderness. Yeah. And so like hearing it yesterday and even having that time, like it just all, connected and so like just to like kind of finalize my thought on that is like staying hungry was kind of my way of saying okay perfect this is a 90 percent for me this is how i do it is stay hungry yep yeah and again like i I have all these things like what happens when you lose that (laughs) hunger but it's very much so just a reflection of this is like we're presenting this empty religion yep and like if that's how we're going to walk our faith then I don't let's want it. let's I don't want yeah. it. Let's not call <laughs> it's it not Christianity. It. Like, yeah. let's blame all of our bad behavior and treating people like crap on our our star symbols or yeah. Mercury's retrograde or like whatever. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, let's blame it on something else and not yeah. Jesus and yeah. call it <laughs> Jesus because it's going to look bad and it's going to weaken our religion and, and what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, but just to kind of finish it, this quote was something that kind of embodies my point of like how you build that 90% and it's by C.S. Lewis actually. Mm -hmm. And he said that appetites grow through indulgence, not neglect. Mm. And Mm, so so when we're talking about staying hungry and we're talking about trying to build our hunger for the Lord, his spirit and his voice and strengthen that relationship, we have to indulge in that. Mm. You can't neglect it. So good. And your appetite for it isn't going to grow from neglecting it yeah Mm -hmm. from not reading your word from not spending that alone time in only preaching or only singing or only always having prayers to give to everybody and great advice to give to everybody and all these words for your family and coworkers. that's not if that's what your appetite is for and that's what you're indulging in that's what's going to grow is your service to everybody else yeah not your service to your not to the lord not your ministry not your strength not that 90 percent that we're trying to grow that's so good so you have to indulge in that yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. That my, would be mine. My one, and man, they really took all the good ones. So. Uh, sorry. That's what you get real like Right. <laughs> like a real dummy here. You should have started. You should have been like, so we're going to talk about this and I'll go first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll take the credit for just having the idea. How about that? Yes, there you go. Uh, <laughs> just joking. No, I think, I think you know, when we're talking about all this stuff, it's, a, it's such a fun topic because I think looking at my life at 27 right now, in 10 years from now, I hope, I hope that I look back on this and be like, wow, you didn't know what you were talking about at all. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be 40 and be like, I've got this down way better than I did at that time. Right. So I just am simply going to reference what I've read, (laughs) (laughs) which is, uh, John Mark Comer. I'll, I'll recommend this book to anybody, which is, uh, the ruthless elimination of hurry, um, by John Mark Comer. It's such a wonderful book. And what he talks about the main, like in the first chapter, maybe even introduction, the main premise he sets is that the, the main, um, the main, uh, deterrent to spirituality or the main enemy of spirituality is hurry. Yeah. It's just the categorically craziness that we, we put ourselves in continuously of just like, I need to go and do this. I need to go and get, be at this soccer practice and go to this thing. And just mm-hmm. your days become 13, 14 hour days. And half of that's work. 
and you just have no time. And and that's yeah. when I read that book, it, it I was very convicted, frankly, mm, of just yeah. like, I don't have any time in my life to walk with Jesus, yeah. not run. You know, Jesus doesn't, he doesn't run, you know, he doesn't, that's why your, your walk with Christ isn't considered your marathon with Christ or yeah. your sprint with Christ. So good. It's a slow pace and you need to do everything. Honestly, everything with that slow pace in mind. Yeah. I've even been like, you know, having moments with the Lord, um, you know, individually where I just don't do anything like you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. don't say anything. You just mm-hmm. kind of sit in silence and lay there. Mm-hmm. I'll lay on my carpet I won't try to like conjure up my qualifying, like, Oh, I need to say all these words. So I'm a good Christian to Jesus. Yeah, like, no, yeah. I'll just sit there and let him, let him talk to me. And yeah. even in, and that's translated in the way I minister too. like, even in worship sets, there's times where I'm like, I just don't want to sing anything. Yeah. I don't want to mm-hmm. say anything. Yeah. There's no point in me trying to speak for Jesus when he has a voice, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and he can so speak good. himself. So I, um, that's my only you know, discipline yeah. I recommend. Honestly, the discipline I recommend is reading that book. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Ruthless yeah. Elimination of Hurry it's by so, John Mark Comer. It's, so it's a good. wonderful book. No, it is. And just to, I, I, you know, we're piggybacking on everything, but just to jump on that, like that is something that will change your life dramatically. Mm. When you, when you feel the need, because when we're talking about practicing these spiritual disciplines, you talk about reading or praying or spending time with Jesus, like there's a lot of religion that we jump to immediately because we think we have to, in order to spend time with Jesus, we have to be doing one of those three things. Right. Either Spotify has to be on, something needs to be re- read, or we need to be like blabbering on in our, our prayers, right? And it's it's just so far from the truth. And and this book definitely opens up the reality that like you can just be there, not saying anything, not doing anything, and gaining sh- significant strength in that place. It's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I definitely recommend it. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. So closing thought would just be to maintain that balance right like be aware be aware of it take inventory right now where are you at on that 90 10 percent? absolutely yeah Yeah. if you're listening to this it doesn't matter if you are in ministry if you're not in ministry you're influencing every single person that you come in contact with or that coming comes in contact with you whether it be through person to person or through social media or whatever it may be like you have an influence that you're responsible for yeah and if your 90-10 is out of whack, then it's going to be empty. Yeah. You know well, it goes I mean? back to you're, you're a destructible person. You're yep. not living in an indestructible, yeah. long-lasting Probably. life. Nope. You're gonna, you're, at some point, life is going to push too hard, and you'll crack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So stay strong and, and, and really invest into that 90. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks for being with us. We love you. We'll see you soon. See you next episode.